How is everybody doing today? Welcome back here today to the Just Ballin Podcast. My name is Matthew, guys, and today we are going to continue our player positional rankings. Today, we are going to be ranking our top 30 shooting guards. This was a lot tougher than the point guards. So, in the point guard tiers, I had seven of them. For shooting guards, I have five of them, and one tier has 12 players. So, it's really hard finding that parity and that descriptioncy between some of these cards because they're just so close together and they're so it's like you really can't put them in a different tier from one another so yeah i have 30 guys i have a bunch of honorable mentions and yeah so today we are going to do shooting guards last time we did point guards in episode 21 so go check that out if you didn't listen to that and then the next one will be small forward power forward center then probably overall player rankings i definitely want to do my top 25 players or top 20 players in 2020 i might do that on my second channel so you can go check that out but i think i want to do that for our pod as well so yeah today we're doing shooting guards so um i did this mainly off basketball reference ESPN and NBA.com, kind of where their positions are at. So, Paul George is a small forward in this. On some of them, he was half like shooting guard, half small forward, but I went small forward. And Luca's a shooting guard. He classifies as a shooting guard on a lot of these, so I have him as a shooting guard. He, I, I think he's more of a point guard, and I probably should have put him in the point guard tier, but that is already over with, so we're going to put him in shooting guard tier. So, for the shooting guard tier. So this is overall. This isn't just off the 2019-20 season. This is just going forward. Who's better than the other players? So yeah, we have a tier one in like tier one in point guards. I had one player and that was Steph Curry. We have two players. And it's not a one and a two. It's a 1A and a 1B. So 1A is James Harden. As you'd expect, he has been the best shooting guard in the NBA for some time now. He's been arguably the best offensive scoring player in the NBA for some time now, and he, he hasn't slowed down. Obviously, the defense has been inconsistent. He hasn't been as bad as he was when he first got to Houston. He's averaging uh, 34 points a game this year, which is uh, below, obviously, his total last year, which was 36, but he's still averaging 30-plus points per game for the third straight year now if the regular season did end today. And you know what? His true shooting percentage has been 61%, 62% if you round up the last two years now. So he's getting it done. He's getting to the line, obviously, like he normally does. He's shooting a lot of threes. He's just such a good offensive player. He's still such a good passer. He's such a good ball handler. And I have him as my first shooting guard. But he is tied at the number one spot with somebody that last year, he was a rookie. And that's Luka Doncic. He is already into my tier one. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if people already thought he's better than Harden because he's just been that good in his two years in the NBA. A lot of people thought that Mavericks team this year might be the eight seed, might not, but they're clearly going to be a playoff team this year, especially if the season ended today. And yeah, Luka is already averaging 28, almost 29 points, 29 points per game as a 20-year-old sophomore. He's also averaging 9.3 rebounds a game, 8.7 assists per game, and he is shooting... 32% from three, which isn't great. He is getting to the line nine times a night. He has a true shooting, a career true shooting of 56%, which is like about league average, a little bit below, uh, but it's still solid, especially for a guard that's taking as many shots as him at a young age. Yes, his defense isn't great. I'm not going to say it is, and maybe that holds him back from being that sole one position, that best shooting guard in the NBA. But if you're 1B at, a, at your age 20 season in your year two, that's incredible. That is incredible. And obviously, you can make a debate who's better 
Harden or Doncic right now overall, but in a playoff game, I think they're pretty similar. I think it's not like a clear cut. I would pick Harden. I don't think it's a clear cut. I would pick Doncic. I think it's fairly close. And I wanted to give Harden the slight one A just because he's been here for a longer time. He's been the best shooting guard in the league for three or four years. So uh, that's why I gave him the one A and one B uh, to Luca because Luca's kind of new to this tier. He wasn't a tier one player last year. But over time this year, he's shown that he's going to be one of the best players in the league for a while. And in a couple years, he'll probably be the second best player in the NBA behind Giannis. But yeah, I have my tier one as James Harden and Luka Doncic. Now, uh, if I think Luka's more of a point guard, but kind of like I said, I kind of messed that up. So I have him as a shooting guard in this. So now tier two, uh, it's a four person tier and it's really close to tier three uh, to the top guy in tier three. But yeah, the two uh the four guys i have so at number three i have is bradley beal now a lot of people would say he's the second best shooting guard in the league if you don't count luka Doncic as one and that is fine with me he's arguably a better offensive player than james harden you may think uh obviously he's he's definitely a worse defensive player than harden he is not a good defensive player whatsoever but the guys he's playing with this year it hasn't been pretty. It hasn't been pretty. He's been starting with Isak Bonga. There's been Jordan McRae. There's been Gary Matthews. There hasn't been a cream of the crop talent there in Washington this year. Uh, he's still only 26 years old. He's been in the NBA for seven years now, which is incredible. Just kidding. Eight years in the NBA, and he's still only 26 years old. He's averaged 30 and a half points per game this year. He shot 35% on threes on eight and a half attempts a night, which is a career high in attempts per night. It's a career high in points per game, and he's entering his prime. These next four years, three to four years, we get a Bradley Beal. Should be prime Bradley Beal years. Um, he jumped from 25 and a half points to 30 and a half points this year. Uh, field goal attempts went up from 19 and a half to about 23 a night but his ball handling his outside scoring his shot creation it's just so good and i have him at number three even though his defense is poor um but with this guy coming up behind him off an acl injury i don't know where he's gonna be so i would normally say he's better than bradley beal but since we got an amazing year from Bradley Beal this year offensively and we didn't get to see this player at all, I have Bradley Beal at three and that guy is Klay Thompson at four. So Klay Thompson went healthy. He would have been probably number two for me just because he's an incredible two-way player. He's arguably the best shooter in the NBA, probably two behind his counterpart, Curry. Um, actually, yeah, he's definitely two behind Steph Curry and his defense is so good. He's a really good perimeter defender. Uh, last year, he averaged 21 and a half points per game. He shot 40% on threes on 7.7 .7 attempts a night. I missed watching Klay Thompson play so, so much. He's been a 20 point per game scorer for the last five years, and he was 18 and a half the year before that five years started. He is 28, so we're probably going to get a couple more years of Klay Prime, probably these next two. So I hope he's kind of back to normal Klay next year because. I don't know how many great years we're going to get of Clay left on both sides of the ball. Yes, he could be a great shooter for the next seven years, but how well is he going to be as he has been on the perimeter on the defensive side of the ball? So I have him at four. If he didn't get hurt, I probably would have had him at three due to that two-way aspect and that lights-out shooting. But since we don't know how he's going to be next year, I have him at four, and I'm pretty safe to say that's okay. I'm okay with that. Uh, so number five is a player that has never made the playoffs yet. So that is Devin Booker. Devin Booker has been on some bad teams in Phoenix. He has been on some bad teams. He has currently played five years in the NBA. He was the first-time All-Star this year due to Damian Lillard getting hurt. A lot of people thought he was a giant snub. I think so. Over the last two years, he's been pretty similar in offensive statistical numbers. He's been averaging about 26 points, seven assists, four about four rebounds, 48 from the field, 
34 from three average and 89 from the line. He's been an incredible offensive player. No about no doubt about that. He's flirted with some 50, 40, 90 seasons as he's kind of been through that sometimes throughout the year. Not as much last year, but in the beginning of this year, I think throughout the first month there, month and a half, he was averaging 50, 40, 90. He has shown that he's a really good offensive playmaker passing the ball. Uh, he averages around seven assists a night through the last two years. And honestly, he could average more. He, he's a really good player with the ball in his hands. His mid-range shooting is really good. His three-point shooting is really good. He's just really good at getting to the basket and scoring inside. This dude knows how to score. When he tries, his defense isn't bad. He's not a negative defensive player when he tries, but just the Suns teams get so bad, and you feel like he's trying a lot harder on the offensive side of the ball, and he kind of relaxes a little bit and tries to take some plays off on the defensive side of the ball, which you kind of can, you can see why he does that. And it's not like he's on winning teams either, but I have him as my fifth best shooting guard. And it's, it was a debate between five and six, because they're going to be compared with each other throughout their whole careers. So Devin Booker is my fifth best shooting guard. And at number six, I have is Donovan Mitchell. Now on my Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell has actually been to the NBA playoffs. He's been to the NBA playoffs two times in his first two years. And if the season ended today, and the Jazz were going to make it anyway, he was going to go three for three, making the playoffs all three times in his first three years. Uh, he's gotten better efficiency-wise throughout his first three years. He went from 44 from the field, then he went down to 43. Now he's up to 45 from the field. He went from 34 to 3, 36. Now he's almost at 37 from three. So it's gone up there. His points per game have been going up. His free throw percentage has gone up every year from 81. 181 to 86 now so he's getting better every year uh, he's been around four assists four rebounds but a reason why he's a top six shooting guard and he wraps out tier two is because he's a two-way shooting guard he's a really good on-ball defender on the perimeter i like his help defense a lot i feel like since he is 6-1 though it kind of limits him but i think that's why he's so impressive as a two because he can guard most twos being 6-1 he can guard point guards and honestly, he can guard some threes. Maybe not some stronger, taller threes, but he can guard some small forwards. And I think Mitchell has been such a good two-way player in his first three years. He's shown that he can win. They did uh, win a playoff series in his rookie year where they beat the Thunder. And then they did lose to the Rockets last year. We'll see what they were going to do this year. Hopefully, we do see the playoffs so we can see him play in the playoffs. But yeah, he's a Tier 2 shooting guard in his third year. He was an older college player so he came uh, into the NBA at 21 unlike Devin Booker who was 18-19 and he's 23 currently but yeah he's a tier 2 shooting guard he was neck and neck with Devin Booker I ended up putting him at 6 but that wraps out tier 2 so to recap tier 1 1A James Harden 1B Luka Doncic tier 2 we had 3 Bradley Beal 4 Klay Thompson 5 Devin Booker and 6 Donovan Mitchell now let's get into tier 3 here where I have 4 guys okay so yeah I do have 4 guys like tier 2 here in tier 3 and to start off with number 7 that is Drew Holiday so Drew Holiday is currently 29 years old he's been with the Pelicans for about 7 years now and he's been super consistent for them throughout that time like Donovan Mitchell like Klay Thompson he's an incredible 2-way defender he might be the best defender in this top 10 actually I think I'd be comfortable saying he is the best overall defender in this top 10 um this year he did average around 20 points per game for the pelicans he started off kind of slow um he's averaging 36 from three on about six attempts a night he's averaging about seven assists that's an underrated part of his game of how good of an offensive playmaker he can be and a shot creator he is as well he's kind of a well-rounded offensive player he's not like a lights out shooter but he's definitely an above average shooter and that's definitely what you want in a guy that's giving you an elite defense but he is 29 so we'll see if the defense drops off, if the shooting goes down, um, or just the offensive creation goes down. 
if he takes a step back, if his speed drops, or his agility, his athleticism, but he's still 29, so we're going to at least, I think, get two more really good years from Drew Holiday on both sides of the ball, so yeah, he is currently my 7th best shooting guard, I don't know in a world where he'll go up next year due to the guys behind him getting better and better. And he might be going on the other way of the curve and getting worse and worse. But I don't want to say that because he's been so good for so long. So he's my seventh best shooting guard. Now, the guy right behind him, Spat been in the same combo as guy um, as like Drew Holiday. That is CJ McCollum. Now, CJ McCollum is currently 28 years old. He's going to be 29 at the start of next year's season. So he's a similar or he's in a similar age category as Drew Holiday. But like Holiday, since his most improved player season in 2015-16, he has been pretty much the same player, but he's been that an elite shooting guard that you can ask for. Over the last five years he's average he's been averaging 22 points a game about four assists four rebounds so you know you're gonna get some rebounding some passing out of him and it's been solid and he's not like he's gonna kill you in that category but he's been a 40 percent three-point shooter he's been an overall 46 from the field 84 from the line he's been incredible and his true shooting has been about average over those years uh it's been 58 54 55 54 some below average years due to the two-point percentage shooting because his mid-range is solid it is it is solid um but obviously it's not like it's not like chris paul level good but it is good and it's somebody you would want taking shots from all over the court like donovan mitchell he is an undersized shooting guard kind of at 6-3 but he looks a little bit smaller out there maybe like 6-2-ish but he's just so good on the offensive end. He's not a particularly good defensive player. And that kind of what holds him back from being higher on this list and maybe getting into tier two category or jumping Drew Holiday. So that's why I have Holiday in front of McCollum due to Holiday having a two-way impact. And I value defense a lot. I value defense just as much as I value offense. So that's why I have CJ McCollum at eight, but he's still in my tier three and a top 10 shooting guard. So at number nine here, I do have is Jalen Brown. So Jalen Brown is now a four-year player from UCAL. As a rookie, he only played 17 minutes a night. He averaged six and a half points a game. And it's like, okay, the 2016 Jeff class really wasn't good in their rookie years. Like Jamal Murray, Buddy Heald, Pascal Siakam. These guys didn't have like super great rookie years. Neither did Brandon Ingram really. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon won rookie of the year. Uh, but he improved a lot next year. And that's when Kyrie went down. Gordon Hayward went down. Last year, he definitely took a step back though. Uh, maybe it's just the fit with Kyrie wasn't well on the floor. Um, but you got to look at a guy like Jason Tatum. He even had a down year last year. So did Gordon Hayward. Maybe it was just a system. Maybe it just didn't work out. Um, but this year, he's turning into one of the best young players in the NBA. He's currently 23 years old. He was a borderline all-star lease. I'm sure if there was one injury, he would have got in there. He averaged 20 points. This is by far his best year. 20 points per game this year. Six and a half rebounds. About over a steal a night. 38% from three. 74 from the line. 49 from the field, which gave him a true shooting of 59%, which is above average, which is a really good true shooting percentage. And like Drew Holiday, like Donovan Mitchell, he's so good on the defensive side of the ball for what you can get out of him. He's so good on the perimeter. He's quick. He's strong. And he's only 23, like I said. He's 6'6", 220. He's going to get stronger. He's going to get I wouldn't say faster, but he's going to get smarter on that side of the ball. And if he's going to be a 20-point-per-game score, shooting 38 from a 3, about average for his whole career, how can you not have him as a top-10 shooting guard? So he is my ninth shooting guard. Two-way play helps out a lot. Going into this year, I don't think I would have had him in top 20, maybe top 20. I don't think I would have had him in top 15 area. But yeah, now I have him at number 8. And to wrap out tier 3, is a guy you might be like, oh, you know what? He has been really good. For so long. And that is Lou Williams. Now Lou Will is more. He, he plays a little bit of point guard. But I had him as a shooting guard. Just kind of the way he plays on the floor. But yeah. Lou Will has been so consistent. 
for so long. So since his time in Toronto, which was in the year 2014-15, he's been averaging about 18 points a night, 4 assists, shooting 36 from 3, and it's just been super consistent. He's basically the 6th man of the year award. He wins that basically every other year. Uh, he probably wouldn't win it this year, though, but yeah, if, since joining the Clippers, he's been phenomenal in the Chris Ball trade. He averaged 22.5 points for them in 2017-18, 20 points per game in 2018-19, and 19 points per game in 2019-20. He's probably, he's definitely a better offensive player than Jalen Brown, Probably a better offensive player than Drew Holiday. I don't know if he's a better offensive player than CJ McCollum. I probably wouldn't go that far. But you know what? He's been a really good player. He's had some above average two shooting percentages, but he's been kind of a round league average. The reason he maybe isn't a little bit higher, or you really can't put him any higher than 10, is due to his defense. He is kind of a liability on that side of the floor, or at least against really good offensive players, really strong and quick offensive players. You kind of saw against the, the Lakers. The Lakers wanted to abuse Blue Will. They wanted to get, um, they wanted to switch Blue Will onto LeBron and let LeBron, let LeBron ISO against Blue Will, and it worked. It worked amazing, and it, it really wasn't a good sight to see for Blue Will. But I wanted to give Blue Will, Will some love for being so consistent over these last five, six years. So I've met number ten, and that wraps out tier three. And I also want to say, if they're in the same tier. You can kind of switch them around. And if they're like, if I have them at 10 is tier 3 and then my 11th guy is in tier 4, you can also kind of have an argument for that. So don't, don't get too mad if somebody's like one spot, two spots right behind somebody. They're all so close, especially with shooting guards because tier 4 I have is a 8 person tier and there's a lot of volatility in that tier. So let's just get into it. Alright, so getting into my tier 4, it's 11 to 18. So I have 8 guys in this tier. So... There's a lot of, like, you guys can swap a lot of these guys around. So, starting off Tier 4 is another sophomore, the second one on this list following Luka Doncic, and that is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Now, Shea could win most improved this player, uh, most improved player, but obviously he won't since he's a sophomore, so you kind of expect a jump like this. So, he went from 11 points per game last year to being, like, kind of coming off the bench, uh, starting a little bit for the Clippers. Obviously, they had Patrick Beverly, so he kind of came off the bench, helped them go to the playoffs, and was definitely a good positive player for them. Then he was obviously the main centerpiece of the Paul George trade and the Thunder. You're seeing why he was. He's averaged 19 points per game this year, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 1.1 steals a night, 35 from 3 on 3.5 attempts, and he's shooting 47 from the field at around 15 attempts a night. He's also getting to the line 5 attempts a night, and he shot 80% from the line. So what Shea does is so good. Is I think he's going to be more of a shooting guard in the NBA than he will be as a point guard. And he's 6'5", so he could definitely be that shooting guard. And maybe he can play alongside Dennis Schroeder and obviously Chris Paul uh, that he's been doing this year. He's a good two-way player. And that's why he's so high for me at 11 is because he's going to get better and better and better. Like, he's only 21, guys. Like, next year is going to be even better. And they should get better and better each year. Uh, he's quick. He's so good at getting to the rim offensively. And he's really good at scoring at the rim. He might be one of the best at that on this list. Might be the best at that in this tier with a couple other guys, maybe. Uh, maybe one other that I'm thinking of here. Um, he'll come at 15. But yeah, uh, Shea, he's going to be a great two-way player for so long. And I think 11 is a good spot for him starting off Tier 4. At the end of next year, I think he'll be in Tier 3. So uh, next player in Tier 4 is a player that has definitely been top 10, approaching top 5 every year 
uh, but got hurt last year. And that is Victor Oladipo. So you might be like, wow, you have Oladipo really low. Um, and obviously, this is more of a rehab year for him, getting his feet wet. He didn't play in over a year. Uh, so maybe it is a little harsh for me to bump him down in Tier 4 and have him at 12. But we didn't see great things from him this year. He didn't. He looked rusty. He played about 26 minutes a night. So we saw a decent sample size. Um, the field goal percentage wasn't good. The shooting percentages weren't good. So let alone, he, he definitely looked a little bit slower. But his percentages weren't good. So he obviously that is some rust. And I expect him to go up next year. And he'll get back into the top 10. Um, and we'll get back to seeing the great two-way player we saw in 2017-18. And the start of 18-19. But based off what we saw this year. I didn't want to have him kind of in the top 10, and I think you guys can kind of understand why. Obviously, he, he was really good before then, and he's one of the better two-way players. And like I said, I value defense as much as I do offense, and he's been incredible on both sides of the ball the previous two years. But if like I want to see him go back to what we saw from old Oladipo before I put him back into the top 10. Uh, the guy right after him is arguably one of the probably like the third best shooter on this list, maybe the second behind Clay, uh, and that is Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald uh, has been averaging around 20 points per game for the last two years now. He was an older rookie, came into the NBA as a senior out of Oklahoma. He was 24 years old, so he's already 27, and this is just his fourth year in the NBA. So same draft class as Jalen Brown, but for the second straight year, he's averaged about 20 points per game. He's been an incredible three-point percentage shooter. Um, he averaged... 43 last year on eight attempts and on about 10 attempts a night he shot about 40 percent so he's arguably the best three-point shooter um at his age I, I would say probably below 30 is the best three-point shooter i think i can that's a pretty good argument him maybe trey young uh but he's definitely up there uh his defense isn't great and he's probably in his prime now like these next couple years will be his prime so, I have him at 13. I think he could crack the top 10. Maybe he needs a change of scenery. I know he hasn't been happy because he came off the bench a little bit. But we'll see what team he's on at the start of the 2020-21 season. But I have him at 13. So, a guy after him. He, he's mainly an offensive player, not much defense. The guy's kind of an opposite. And that is Marcus Smart here, who I have at 14. So, he's averaging a career-high 13.5 points per game this year. I mean, it's not like he's a great offensive player because his true shooting percentage is 52%, which is below league average. And I wouldn't, like, feel comfortable um, with him shooting the ball. Sometimes he'll have these games where he hit, like, 10 threes in a night. And I think they lost, but he hit, like, 10 threes. But then there's other games where he'll go, like, 2 for 9, 1 for 6, 0 for 5. And some of them are some bad looks as well. But you can't knock on that he's definitely the best defender at his position and definitely at his height. Somebody that is below 6'5", he's the best defender um, on the perimeter. Um, you could say he's the best guard defender because it depends where you classify Ben Simmons, but I would say I'd trust Smart on the defensive end more than um, Ben Simmons, and he's probably, him and Drew Holiday are the two best defenders on this list. So I think that alone should give him top 15 love. So I have him at 14. So now we have four more guys left in tier four. So you Bulls fans might be like, where is Zach Levine? And I have him all the way down here at 15. So there's not a lot of players that I mentioned from 9 to 15 that get the amount of shot attempts that Zach Levine and the freedom you can have on offense that Zach Levine has. Zach Levine shot about 20 times a night this year, 45 from the field. He's been great at shooting from 3, 38% on 8 attempts a night this year. He averaged 25.5 points a night. And if he's, he's being the number one on his team... And he hasn't made his team better. The Bulls are one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference. They've had their ups and downs on offense. They've had their 
efficient nights they have their not efficient nights they've actually been a better defensive team than they have offensively and if Zach Levine is driving your offense to be below league average how good is he really how how good is that so I have him at 15 I have him as a top 15 shooting guard which I think is a really good placement for him in tier four if you want to push him to 12 you can maybe make an argument for that I don't think he should have had some all-star conversation or buzz this year maybe because it was in Chicago he's only played above 70 games twice in his career and that was his first two years in the NBA obviously this year was cut short but he's not a good defensive player whatsoever he's a negative player on that side of the ball so that already drives him down he's definitely an above average offensive player and he's a really good three-point shooter but how good is he being your number one I think if he was your, your number two number three I could even have him higher on this list but since it's going to hurt him that he's kind of driving this not efficient offense as it could be. If you guys kind of get what I'm saying. Because he's your number one scorer and he is not driving an efficient offense. Kind of like Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker. These guys are number one guys and they usually have around league average to above league average offenses. So I have Zach Levine at 15. I know some people like um, if you listen to like Nate Duncan or the Dunk Dunk podcast with him and Danny LaRue. They have, like, guys like Terrence Ross in front of them and, like, guys like, like J.J. Redick and, like, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Norman Powell. So, yeah, I have Levine at 15, and I think that's a fair placement. Uh, going on to 16 is a guy that honestly could have been in the most improved player conversation, but no, you know, maybe that's a stretch. But that is Evan Fournier, who had an incredible uh, year this year, and he's going into a offseason where he can opt out of his player option and get paid. So he averaged about 19 points this year, which was a career high. He shot 41 from three, which was a career high on 6.7 attempts a night. He's a phenomenal perimeter player on the offensive side of the ball. He's a really good shot creator, and I think he does that really well. He took about 14 attempts a night this year, um, and he averaged 20, uh, like 19 points on very good efficiency, 82 from the line. He shot 53% on twos, which gave him a true shooting percentage of 60%, which is really good. Uh, so he's proving that he could be an average to above average shooter, and he could do it being the number one or number two guy on a team. And also, you know, like like some of these other guys, he's kind of going into his prime. He's 27 years old. Obviously, like Shea, Jalen Brown, Devin Booker, they're younger than him. Um, and I have him at eight, 16. He definitely could go up next year. I think he'll still have similar years to this uh, for the next couple. Uh, I have him at 16, and I think that's a really fair placement for him. Uh, so moving over to 17 is a guy that... You know, he's shown so much promise, but injuries have really hurt uh, his first four years, and that is Karis LeVert. So LeVert, as a rookie, played about 57 games. He played 71 in his second year, and he showed definitely some improvement then. And then last year, he started off like he was going to be the most improved player, but then he got hurt. He ended up only playing 40 games this year. And this year, he might, if the season ended, he's going to play less than that. He's going to play 39 games, but this year, he's shown that he can be a really good three-point shooter. He's averaged about 18 points a night, four rebounds, four assists, shooting 38% from three. Not as well from two, shooting 43%. So his inside scoring isn't great. His mid-range shooting isn't great either. But he's shown that there is some promise here from the 25-year-olds. And I think there's definitely going to be some good offensive output going forward. I don't really like the fit with Kyrie Irving. So maybe if he's not a net, he can even move up higher on this list. And the guy that wraps out tier four at number 18 uh, is Josh Richardson. Now, Josh Richardson is a two-way player. He's great on the offensive side of the ball and defense. I would say, you know, he's not great on the offensive side of the ball, but he's good. And he's great on the defensive side of the ball. He's such a good perimeter defender. He's a really good health defender. He's quick. He's lengthy. He's strong. He's smart on the defensive side of the ball. And on offense, he's what you would want from a guy. He's been around 14, 15 points per game. He shoots around 36 from three on pretty good volume, around four to five attempts a night. On twos, not great. It is below 50%, but he's an above average free throw shooter. And if I'm going to get 
arguably elite defense from this guy and above average offense, I will definitely take that. And you're definitely a top 20 shooting guard and I have him at 18. So that wraps out tier four. Uh, I'll go over it once again, because it was a big tier and that's 11. Shaco just Alexander, Victor Oladipo at 12, Buddy Heald at 13, Marcus Smart at 14, Zach Levine at 15, Evan Fournier at 16, Karis LeVert at 17, and Josh Richardson at 18. All right, so going into tier five here, this is a 12-person tier, 19 to 30. This is a big one. So if you thought there was some volatility in tier four, there's a lot in here. You can interchange these guys all you want. My 30 guy could be your 19 guy, and I would be like, I could see a reasonable argument for that. So um, since these guys are so close to um, each other, just have that in mind, please. So, 19 is Bogdan Bogdanovich. So, Bogdanovich, he's mainly come off the bench for the Kings. I would like to see him in a higher volume role, maybe on a different team. I think the Kings are going to bring him back, so we're not going to see that. So, he's at 19, and I think if we saw him in that role, we can kind of see how good of an offensive player he really is. So, if we see that, I think he can go higher. But if he stays in Sacramento, I think he's going to be around this position. Uh, at number 20, is somebody that's definitely risen up or rose up in this ranking since he got traded from Cleveland to Utah, and that is Jordan Clarkson. He's showing that he's one of the better six men in uh, six men in the league. He's such a good scorer off the bench. Not a great defender. Not a great passer. But you know what? He's a really good scorer. And at the shooting guard position, especially if you're not starting and you're not one of your top three guys on that side of the ball, um, you know what? Or like you're the third or fourth guy. I'm okay with that. So I have Clarkson at 20. 21 is somebody that's probably going to be dropping this year and next year. And that is JJ Redick. So I wanted to give JJ Redick some love and some top. I guess 21 love. So I have him at 21 due to what he's done the last couple years. He's still one of the best shooters in the NBA. Obviously, he was really important on that side of the ball for Philly due to them not having really any good shooters. And with the Pelicans, they have a lot of good three-point shooters. Like Lonzo's improved, Ingram, Drew Holiday. They have a lot of guys out there that can shoot the ball. So I have Redick at 21 and a guy that's just like JJ Redick, such a good shooter. Um, he's one of the better three-point shooters on this list. And that is Seth Curry. So uh, the uh, the other Curry I have here at 22, we got that new contract from Dallas in the offseason coming over from the Blazers who went to the Eastern uh, Western excuse me, Conference Finals the year prior. And that's what he does. He comes off the bench. He, he runs off screens. He shoots above average from three. Or he shoots like really good from three, not just above average. He shoots elite level from three. That's what he does for you. And that's kind of all you need from some of these guys in the 19 to 30 range. So I have him at 22, a guy that is definitely rose up these rankings this year probably wasn't top 30 might not even been top 40 last year and that was norman powell so norman powell he's been such a good shot creator for the raptors and he's shown why mishai ujiri is kind of a genius we all thought that contract was kind of a bad contract but no he's been great this year he should get some most improved player votes definitely i think some top five like if you have you have ingram you have tatum you have bam maybe you have some Devonte graham love in there I think Norman Powell definitely deserves some most improved player love. Uh, so, like, guys, like, after this, it's literally so close to some of these guys. So, 24, I have his Luke Kennard. He's gotten better each year since his rookie year. Um, This is his third year in the NBA, obviously, since he's from the 2017 draft class. He's gotten better as a passer and as a three-point shooter. And I think that's what he is. I think he's a playmaking, shot-creating guard. Not going to give you much on the defensive end. 
don't think he's going to be a 25-point-per-game scorer, but I definitely think he could flirt with being around a 19-20-point-per-game scorer. He was an older rookie. He's around 23 right now, but I think he's going to continue to get better. Next year, he might get 20 shots a night on that Pistons team, so I'm excited to see him in a higher-volume role. Maybe he'll be like a near Zach Levine. Who knows? Uh, but definitely not as athletic, obviously. Uh, at 25, somebody that's definitely gotten better in a new system, and that is Tim Hardaway Jr. Him playing with Rick Carlisle definitely has made him a better player. He's looking at least average on the defensive side of the ball and above average on the offensive end, and he's giving you consistent good minutes. Obviously, he's probably not worth the $18 million he got from the Knicks, but he's definitely showing that he's an above average shooting guard, and I have him at 25. So a guy below him. Really good defender, but his offense is just, ugh, it's so inconsistent, and it's more towards bad than it is good, and that is Gary Harris at 26. Like I said, he's an incredible perimeter defender, on-ball defender. He's so good in that aspect. The Nuggets had, at one point, the best defensive rating this year, and he was definitely the best defender, or at least on that on the perimeter on that team. Him and, obviously, Paul Millsap were a big part of that. So, I have him at 26. A guy that's mainly the art of 3 and D here at 27, that is Danny Green. He's definitely not as been as good last year as he has been where, yeah, he, he hasn't been as good this year as he was last year. He's definitely gotten, I think, a little bit worse. But his role has kind of diminished a little bit. Obviously, you can kind of let LeBron and AD do most of the work. And he's there for kickouts and to play good defense, which he's still doing. So, I have him at 27. At 28 is Terrence Ross, a good shot creator, scorer off the bench, a slasher as well. And that's basically what he is. He's going to give you about... 25 minutes a night he could score between 10 and 20 points a night he might do it efficiently some nights he might not some other nights i have him at 28 and then at 29 is a riser this year and that is dylan brooks who just got that new contract extension he's showing that he could be a really good three-point shooter in the nba and an okay defender on that side of the ball like respectable at least and you know what maybe he could be a nice piece with john morant surround john morant with shooters Dylan Brooks could definitely be that guy for the future. They got him on good market value at 10 mil a year. And he's still young, so I think he's going to go up and up these next couple years. And a wrap out tier 5 is Jeremy Lamb. So Jeremy Lamb is probably going to drop from the top 30 out of it next year because we probably won't see him for the first half of the year due to him tearing his ACL or tearing his Achilles. I think it was an ACL injury. Yeah, he did tear his left ACL, so he's probably going to drop out of the top 30. But over the last three years, I think he's been respectable enough from three overall that he deserves some top 30 love. So I know I went through that pretty quickly, but these all all these players, you can kind of say the same thing about it for each um, for the rest of them. They're good coming off the bench as a scorer, as a slasher. They give you positive offensive minutes. Um, they can shoot the three. And then some of these guys like Gary Harris and uh, Danny Green, they're good defensive players. But most of these guys are just really good shot creators and shooters coming off the bench for their respective team. That's kind of what this category is about. So I'm going to go over it again because I know I went through that pretty quickly. 19 is Bogdan Bogdanovich. 20 is Jordan Clarkson. 21 is JJ Redick. 22 is Seth Curry. 23 is Norman Powell, 24 is Luke Kennard, 25 is Tim Hardaway Jr., 26 is Gary Harris, 27 is Danny Green, 28 is Terrence Ross, 29 is Dylan Brooks, and 30 is Jeremy Lamb. So now I have eight honorable mentions that you could throw in tier five, and I'm perfectly okay with that. So I have Tower Hero from the Miami Heat. I also have Duncan Robinson from the Miami Heat. Uh, Duncan Robinson kind of came alive this year. I believe this is his second year in the NBA. Tower Hero is a rookie. Definitely could see them going up in future years. I have Alec Burks here. So he was really good for the Warriors, but how much of that was just him playing well on a bad team? Uh, he got traded to Philly. It's been all right since there, but he's definitely hovering around, hovering around excuse me, the top 30 range. I have two really good defenders here that really aren't much on the offensive end. At least Mikel Bridges. Honestly, his defense alone could probably get him in the top 30 range. That's why I have him as an honorable mention. His offense still needs to get there. Uh, Derek White, 
He's uh, he's about an average offensive player, a really good defense, or I, I would say above average defensive player. So he's an honorable mention. My third to last honorable mention is an undrafted rookie for the Raptors this year, and that is Terrence Davis. He's been good on both sides of the ball this year and i think he definitely deserves some love and i think he'll get better and better as these years go on uh and then the last two guys are still some fairly young players malik beasley he was really disappointing in denver and i think if he was doing what he was doing in minnesota the whole year yes he would be top 30 maybe he'd be top 20 who knows but yeah, hopefully he'll have a more expanded role next year and we can kind of see him shoot 15 to 17 times a night because uh, he's been really good for Timberwolves so far. And it's looking like he will get paid by them in the offseason. And then uh, at number, or the last honorable mention I have is Dante DiVincenzo. The reason I don't have him in the top 30 is would we really say he's this good if he wasn't playing for an historic Bucks team? I don't know. So that's why I have him as an honorable mention. So my honorable mentions are Tower Hero, Duncan Robinson, Alec Burks, Mikkel Bridges, Derek White, Terrence Davis, Malik Beasley, and Dante DiVincenzo. So those are my top 30 shooting guard lists. That was really hard. I think that might be the hardest one we will encounter. So I hope the rest are easy. But like I said, if they're in the same tier, you can kind of change them around. Honorable mentions, you can also throw in tier five. So that is my top 30 shooting guards in the NBA. If you're on YouTube, you can obviously let me know what you guys thought in the comment section below. If you're on Apple Pod or Spotify, I really appreciate you listening over there. Well, yeah. Thank you all for listening. Uh, episode 23 will be my top 30 small forward, so be on the lookout for that. I love you guys. I'll see you guys in that episode. Peace.